0: Welcome to Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Daniel the retailer, and today we have a special guest interview for you. Travis Owens. Travis is the owner and proprietor of Curio at Harvest Cocktails. This is a speakeasy type place featuring classic and modern libations. Pretty amazing stuff when you consider where we were, uh, I think it was five years ago when we, uh, he started this journey. And in fact, Travis really cut his teeth in low-end bars and high-end restaurants all across town. And he's someone who really appreciates that true art of the cocktail. Well, almost as much as he loves his Bangles. Now, if you like entrepreneurs more than you like the Bangles, check us out on Patreon.com/EntrepreneursPodcast. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com/EntrepreneursPodcast. For just a buck a month you can get access to early episodes and special content. Plus, you can get stickers and other cool gear and swag at different levels. Hell, you can even be a producer on the show. But for now, take a listen to this interview with Travis Owens from Curio at Harvest, and Kareem joins us for the interview as well. Here it is. Okay, everybody. Uh, We are here with Travis Owens at Curio at Harvest in German village. It's actually the house and garden tour. Um, but somehow there was parking. So (laughs) Kareem and I are both here with Travis.
1: That's right. Kareem. You hear that? I'm here.
0: Congrats Kareem. We're so glad (laughs) you're able to make it, even though you were in Franklinton when I called you and lost. Um, (laughs) so Travis, uh, welcome to entrepreneurs podcast.
2: Thanks guys. Good to be here.
0: Uh, we'd love to hear uh, more about curio how long has it been open now Uh,
2: a little over five years we opened in May uh, 2011 I believe so
0: let's talk a little bit more about your background sort of uh, you can go as far back as you want but uh, what brought curio to life
2: yeah I um, let's see my background um, in the service industry world uh, about 17 plus years probably Uh, most of it's been spent behind a bar Um, not necessarily a bar like Curio, but all facets of of, uh, the bar world, I would say. Uh, The one thing I tell people is um, the only place I really haven't worked yet as a bartender, or two places, is in an airport bar or a strip club. So I'm going to have to (laughs) probably check those off the, the, the yeah. list Wait, at some point is in time.
0: technically centerfold both <laughs> because it's at the
2: airport and it's a strip. club. Correct. I could probably kill two <laughs> birds with one stone, yes. so to speak there. Oh my gosh. Um, but right, right around 17 plus years, um, kind of started bartending to get myself through college. Like a lot of people, like probably most bartenders, um, got sucked in, um, started making, um, you know, decent amount of cash and, uh, just kind of snowballed from there in and out of the uh, industry while going back to school. And, uh, it just time, time came where I kind of wanted to open my own place, uh, have some more creative freedom. So, uh, then came Curio.
0: I, I think what's so cool about Curio is it has a very, um, speakeasy vibe. And, you know, it's got boarded up windows and uh, Edison light bulbs and um, even specific language in the bathroom that tells you, like, this is a speakeasy. Um, and uh, I, I want to sort of go back to that inspiration. I know when you started five years ago, craft cocktails was Uh, in the bigger cities like New York and San Francisco was just getting started. There was these underground speakeasies coming out with these super uh, fresh ingredients. And that was something people hadn't seen. You know, Everyone was used to maraschino cherries and um, sour mix. Mm -hmm. And then you built this sort of edifice-to-craft cocktails. And uh, I just want to know, where did that inspiration come from? Had you seen those other bars? Were you reading about them? Where did that come from?
2: Yeah, I think it was... um probably a culmination of a lot of different things at that point in time um it definitely was the result of a lot of traveling um everywhere we'd go we'd check out um what we considered or what we heard was going to be you know the the next best cocktail spot to open um did some traveling through new york um just mainly just to go um and and find some inspiration from cocktail bars but um, brought a little bit back from pretty much everywhere. A little piece of Chicago, a little piece of New York City, a little piece of Nashville and Louisville. Um, I liked different vibes, the different vibes of all the different venues. Um, you know, outside of what they were doing with cocktails, the, the aesthetic was something that was important to me. Um, it needed to be a place that was comfortable, at a, pa- a place that <clears throat> was not intimidating. Um, cause some of, some of these modern day speakeasies can come off as being a little pretentious and, um, kind of standoffish if you will. Uh, so we kind of wanted to, you know, being merged with Harvest Pizzeria next door, we definitely wanted to make it a more comfortable atmosphere where, um, it's, it's come as you are. Um, if you feel like drinking a, a $12 cocktail, then so be it. If you feel like drinking a $3 or $2 beer, so be it. We have all that
0: but don't drink a shot.
2: (laughs) No, that's, uh, that's when you know to order it neat and you can drink it however you would like. (laughs) You
0: can drink it fast or slow, but don't say, please make me a shot.
2: Correct. But yeah, it was, uh, I think, um, you know, still on that, on the aesthetic aspect of it, the, the inspiration mainly came from, um, you know, some bars down South, uh, silver dollar in Nashville, um, or silver dollar in Louisville. I'm sorry. um, uh, PDT in New York city, uh, a little bit of death and co with our like curio cabinets that are behind the bar, the house, all of our bidders. So just a little bit of inspiration from here and there.
1: Now let's, let's take a couple of steps back. So, uh, you said you, you started maybe like the idea came to you sort of in school. What, what, what did you go to school for?
2: Uh, so, um, I came to Ohio state from, I'm, I'm from Cincinnati, but moved to Columbus um, a couple hours north of Cincinnati to go to Ohio State. Um, I was, um, had started school there, and I was going to school for uh, agronomy, so um, uh, plant science, basically. Uh, minored in plant pathology, which was uh, diseases of plants. Um, while doing that, started bartending, then went back to school, got a degree in recording arts, um, so two degrees, and now I'm a, a bar owner.
1: Which it seems like a a, a common theme with uh, entrepreneurs. So what do you remember? At what point you dis- something did something click? Did you or sort break. of yeah. discover your passion, or did you so slowly like ease into it?
2: Um, I think it definitely was uh, a progression of the the styles of of places that I had worked at. Um, one of the main things that kind of pushed it over the threshold was um, the restaurant that I had worked at before uh, opening Curio. Um, a lot of Columbus is familiar with. They've been open for nearly 30 years, I believe. Uh, Giuseppe's Retrovo and Bexley. Um, two people who are near and dear to me, uh, the owners there, Vesna and Giuseppe, kind of <clears throat> allowed us the creative uh, freedom to take over the bar program and actually encouraged us to go to New York. Uh, they encouraged us uh, verbally and financially uh, to go to New York and to explore what was going on out there um, outside of Ohio. <clears throat> and I think it opened our eyes to a group of us that opened our eyes to uh, what we could do here and, and a gap that was kind of uh, a niche that could be filled in Columbus, Ohio. And that, that kind of was, that was really what kind of pushed it over the top for me, for sure.
0: I think it's really cool to, uh, uh, I, I obviously knew you from Giuseppe's as well. And the fact, you know, Sean Ward, who runs the bar program there now, you guys have been friends forever. And it's really neat to see when the you get a couple really um, focused and creative um, bar craft cocktail creators together um, and you see sort of what you can do. I know there's been a number of events and competitions that you've been, uh, that you've traveled to around the country. Uh, I remember seeing one, I think it was in New York, where it was like a taste of Columbus in New York. And you brought a bunch of Capri Sun juice pouches with you. Yeah. What was what was the inspiration behind that? And sort of what was the cocktail that went into it?
2: Um, that cocktail specifically, I think there was a number of factors that led to us doing that cocktail. I love that drink. It was it was really fun and it worked out at first. I wasn't sure it was going to I was going to be able to pull it together, but it did. And it, it worked really, really well. I, I hope to cr- try to actually do that again for another event. But um, the factors being that it had to be immediate and it also had to travel from Columbus to New York and be shelf stable. So we were thinking about what type of vessel to put it in. And, and when I say kind of immediate, like we had 70 plus people and food writers coming in, um, all at the same time. So needing to, uh, efficiently get a drink into their hands, um, was kind of, uh, uh, one of the factors, but also, you know, uh, utilizing social media. Uh, I think that was a good opportunity to, you know, it's, it was a very, um, uh, photogenic opportunity for, for a cocktail. So that worked out in that regards. Um, but it also was a talking point for the people that had just walked in the door to kind of break the ice. Cause a lot of these people that were coming into the James Beard house had never met each other before. Um, and they had never met us before. So it was a good opportunity to, to break the ice. Um, it was also kind of, uh, the cocktail itself was inspired by kind of a whimsical flavors of like your childhood. Um, so to speak, we were doing kind of a high- end dinner there, so we kind of wanted to uh, push the boundaries of what we were doing and and, and and still keep it playful like they were doing with the food that evening. So we, we went with that that uh, that we went that route. We uh, featured watershed product in it, so it was a nice opportunity for branding for a watershed distillery on the front of the package as well.
0: That's excellent. You know when you think about all the things that you've done in the last five years, is there something that becoming an entrepreneur, That surprised you more than anything else.
2: Well, I think in the beginning, when we first opened the doors here, um, I was very surprised by our um, immediate—you know—the community accepted us like immediately. We were pretty much immediately successful, which a lot of times doesn't happen. It takes takes a little bit of time. And granted, we we did have Harvest Pizzeria next door, which was already a success, so we had kind of a built-in clientele. So that was kind of it, it, the the level of interest, I would say, of the community and, and Ohio in general and, and Columbus specific. Um, really, I, I wouldn't say it caught me off guard. I just didn't realize that there was as much as there was. And, and it's it's been sustained, too. Like five years in, uh, it's still growing. Uh, people coming in asking about where we get our glassware, how we make our ice, uh, where we get specific spirit brands, you know, things like that, and just general... Um, You know, asking about taking cocktail classes and and educating themselves on drinking, uh, which pretty much I think goes hand in hand with the food culture of today.
0: So, speaking of your ice and other things that are uh, proprietary here, I remember watching the process of like trying to make a perfectly clear piece of ice. Why was that so difficult? I mean, when you go into a, a really cool craft cocktail place like this, you see this big sphere or this big square and it's crystal clear, it melts very, very slowly. But why is that so hard?
2: Um, a number of reasons. I don't. I don't necessarily think it's that hard. I think it's just a matter of uh, a few key factors to bring that together. Uh, temperature, obviously, uh, the way that you're freezing the water. There's. I could talk on for days and days and days about um, the aspects of, of getting an ice cube to be clear. I think the main thing that <clears throat> the take home with with ice these days is, uh, you know, not to be a super nerd about it. But um, I. I uh, to be slightly judgmental as well, when, when I go into a cocktail bar, like I know if they mean business, if I can tell, I can l- look and see that someone's paid attention to what they're doing with their ice program. Mm. Um, and I think that's why that caught us um, from the beginning as something that was very important um, as a group of bartenders um, trying to do something a little bit off the cuff and a little bit different than what had been going on already. Um, so we, we did our due diligence. We tried many different um, failed. We had many failed attempts at, at getting a nice, big, crystal clear chunk of ice uh, to use for our stirred cocktails. Um, until we came up with a method, it was pretty rudimentary and, and worked pretty well. Um, and to this very day, um, it is something that is the bane of my existence because <laughs> I started the ice program here and I, I relentlessly work every day to make sure that we have uh, an endless supply of that ice on hand. But it is probably, it probably takes up a good chunk of about eight hours a week, if not 10 hours a week, of time uh, doing the ICE, ice program here.
1: Now, for, for our listeners at home who are just novice, cocktail makers, what do do you have any sort of simple tips or things that people generally overlook that they can improve at home to just for, for cocktails in general?
2: Oh, for better ice. Absolutely. This podcast
0: um, is, by the way, is just going to be about ice from here forward. I mean, this
2: goes in sponsored by ice. <laughs> I mean, this goes back to the level of interest that people have that we hit upon earlier. The level of interest is crazy and it, it gets down to, you know, people ask every day and they go home and they come back and they're like, well, I tried your method and it worked a lot better than the one that I was doing. Um, but the, the the key things would be um, a lot of people say you have to boil the water. You know, we, we ran through all of these things and and they mostly failed. Uh, boiling the water really doesn't help. Maybe helps a little bit. Um, it, it's more of uh, a a process of directional freezing. If you think about how a lake freezes, um, it freezes from the top down because it's insulated around the outer edges. So all of the heavier particulates that are in the water begin to get pushed to the bottom, so the clear stuff remains on the top. That's why I think back in the day when ice became a thing, which was a major thing for cocktails to be developed, um, People were stealing stealing ice from a glacier for the most part to use for for cocktails. So if you take that premise in the modern day world and you you use a something that's insulated, it freezes from one side, uh, mostly the top, which should be the top. Um, you're gonna get that same process of freezing from top to bottom. It's gonna push the chlorine and fluoride that might be in your water to the bottom. Um, that will freeze down there, but you'll have it. You should have a healthy chunk of ice at the top of it that you can work with after that. Nice. That's great.
0: So, you know, you had mentioned, um, a, you know, bringing together a group of bartenders that believed in what you did in terms of um, the cocktail program. When you think about your staff here, how do you find people that, I mean, h- how many people uh, in Columbus have the same affinity and all want to work at this bar and be a bartender with you and, and learn from you? I mean, it's, it seems like every time I've been in here, it, it's been, you know, there's probably been different people every time, but they're all incredibly talented, super passionate about what they're doing. What's that process for you as a owner to recruit, train, mm-hmm. uh, retain employees?
2: It's been, um, it's it's definitely been, I'm glad you said a process because it's been a process for me. It's been a learning process uh, from the beginning. Is, is this being the first um, venture that has been, you know, solely mine and, and, and under uh, my supervision, um, the you know, I found that pretty pretty instantly there was a hunger for um, other bartenders in the city to kind of learn um, the same way I was learning at the, pretty much at the same time. Um, and at the same pace, it, it's a it's a pretty labor intensive job. Uh, it kind of incorporates aspects of uh, back of the house kitchen work with front of the house service work um and and very long kind of regular rigorous hours but it's it was very it's very refreshing to know that there is a a um uh, a nice bed of people that that are in Columbus Ohio that work behind a bar or have worked in the service industry or not even that that are willing to put the their best foot forward and to um buy into what kind of what my vision would be here and to what um, kind of the cocktail culture is doing across the board in the, in the country. But Columbus is is definitely, um, I'm not just saying this because the business is here in, in Columbus and, and I exist here, um, but Columbus has definitely um, put itself on the map over the last like three or four years for sure.
0: Yeah, I'm, uh, I think when staff is a part of, you know, who you surround yourself with, But one of the biggest things we talk to entrepreneurs about is that circle of people they collaborate with or even their mentors. Is there somebody that's important in your life that sort of has helped you get to that point? I know you mentioned Vesna and Giuseppe as people Mm -hmm. that were able to sort of help fund these uh, excursions where you learn more about um, Mm -hmm. cocktails around the country. But is there somebody now that you go to that you bounce ideas off of? Um, Who's that for you?
2: Um, Yeah, I think. You know, like as far as inspiration goes, and and um, the support system, uh, you know, mainly it, it, it comes from outside avenues. You know, parents. You know, the 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 cliche things that people would say, like, yes, I definitely look up to my parents. The work ethic comes from there. Um, and then you hit on it again. Vesna and Giuseppe were very instrumental in in that in that aspect. Um, as far as like watching how they. Uh, for four years that I was at Giuseppe Zutrovo, watching how they conducted themselves in a business manner um, with Vesna running the front of the house and being the the service-oriented person and Giuseppe running the back of the house um, and just seeing the, the sheer level of work ethic and devotion towards their job um, and their restaurant, which is, you know, ultimately their life, that that kind of um, – those aspects of how hard they, they work um, – far overweigh any, um, thing that I could read about a cocktail or a blog and a cocktail blog online, <clears throat> those work ethic you know, aspects to me are, are the ones that are, are the take home for sure.
0: So now that you have been, uh, doing this for five years, you also now have a son, how does your life change as a bar owner with a baby?
2: Uh, it's definitely, um, the hours have changed. They had to, I didn't really have, have a choice. Um, they've changed for a better. I've, I'm definitely a healthier person at this point in time. Um, have you
1: considered making baby food cocktails?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure Oliver would be interested. (laughs) Um, but at this point, um, the hours have changed. Uh, but for the most part, um, the, the role, Um, here is pretty much the same for the most part. It's it's just a little, little adjustment of hours. Okay.
0: So we've talked a lot about what's, um, good, what inspired you, um, some of the good people around you. What sucks about running this bar? (laughs)
2: Um, the, ice program (laughs) (laughs) the eight hours
0: a week you spend making fucking ice.
2: (laughs) this is true no it's a love-hate relationship with the ice for sure it's it's kind of my zen place when i'm down cutting ice we actually cut it with a bandsaw these days so it's it's uh i kind of just put some headphones on and put the gloves on and and sit down there and kind of zen out Um, but sometimes it does become kind of monotonous Um, but you know the the ice is kind of one thing i'd say you know previous to having a child, the hours were, are, are relentless with, with any successful business, I think in a small scale, um, the owner proprietor is definitely going to be putting the hours in and, and it's pretty daunting for the first few years, but that starts to, once you get your bearings and get your staff settled in, <clears throat> uh, you just get your routine down. That st- tends to chill out a little bit. Um, but the hours, the hours are pretty rigorous, especially running a, a, a cocktail bar for sure. Have
0: you, um, you know, you said you started right out of the gate, being super successful. Has there been a point in the last five years where you were standing in the bar and going, Oh my gosh, where is everybody? And you were worried about what the future of the business looked like. What's those, when do those pain points happen and how do you deal with them?
2: Yeah. Um, again, um, pretty much that probably happens weekly. I mean, it's always, it's always on the back of your mind. You're, you're, you as the proprietor, um, I guess when you're busy, you don't view it as being as busy as everyone else does. And it's business is great, but you're still—if you have two-hour lull, you're thinking, "Oh my gosh, what's going on? Where's everybody at?" Um, but then whenever t- those
0: lulls happen, just put it on Facebook <laughs> and say, "We are currently have empty seats at the bar <laughs> right. because I can never seem to get here when there are empty seats." Well,
2: it's a catch-22 because sometimes those are the moments where you get to take a deep breath and just kind of, you know take it all in before the next wave hits because usually by Friday and Saturday night, we're back to packed and you can't fit another person in the bar. So
1: now we, we talk a a lot on the show about, um, sort of finding the right people who see, and, and, and you mentioned this as, as far as having people who are uh, sort of on the same page, as far Mm -hmm. as your, your mission here, your purpose, what you guys are trying to do with this business Mm -hmm. now, being that this is in a service industry which is you know infamous for a high turnover rate how have you dealt with that I know you've you guys have been here for five years mm-hmm. so it's not as long but I'm mm-hmm. sure you've experienced your fair share of it
2: yes um, I have been very fortunate to have very very little turnover here I think maybe in the course of five years we may have had ten people work here um, wow. which is which is great um, and I think that that is the result of you know,
1: um, it's being selective,
2: being selective, but also it, it is being selective, being picky for sure. Um, but also, um, leading by example, um, as, as the person in front that's, that's, um, hopefully doing things correctly every day. Um, it, it shows these people the hustle that, that they want to get behind what you're doing because they see you hustling day in and day out. Um, and I think that is very, very key. And, I, you know, I, I, that's definitely one of the things that I've learned in this process, for sure, um, since we've opened our doors. But the, finding those people, uh, to be honest with you, I'm sure there's a little bit of luck involved. Um, we do run, as, as, as our um, restaurant group, we do run a, a, a desired place to work at. Uh, most of our restaurants, our, our employees are definitely... Um, happy to be here um it's a fun environment it's not run too corporately by any means it's pretty lax um so so there's definitely some some avenues that that lead to less turnover than your average restaurant um i think a lot of it too with with the cocktail bar specific is uh you have the opportunity to be creative um i think a lot of people gravitate towards that um a lot of jobs you you go into you, there's no creativity you're just especially in the service industry you're going in the most creative you can be is in the way that you describe your current wine feature or your current dish um, or wearing your 16 parts of flair or whatever that is (laughs) (laughs) but I think in the cocktail world and one of the reasons that the culture is still on the up and up is because of the creativity of people that are involved in it for sure and I think that that definitely keeps the interest of of my staff and staffs around the country for sure what's your favorite cocktail Um, that's a good question. I think I have favorite cocktails to make probably. Mm -hmm. Um, and I definitely have favorite cocktails to drink. Um, I like the stirred and boozy cocktails. I like, uh, bitter based cocktails. Uh, obviously classic Negroni, um, is always probably up in the top five. Uh, a French cocktail or new Orleans cocktail called a Vieux Carré was a very good cocktail, kind of a play on a Manhattan. Uh, very, very nice drink. Uh, But one of my favorite cocktails to execute and to drink on Sunday brunch is probably a Ramos Gin Fizz. A lot of bartenders hate to make it because it makes a mess. It's got a lot of heavy cream. It's got some eggs. Uh, But it's one of the most delicious pillows of gin you'll ever drink if it's made right. Wow. And it it gets to show – I think one of the reasons I really like that drink as a bartender is because you get to show your um, skill set when you're making that drink. It's called a Ramos Gin Fizz. Ramos Gin Fizz. It's – Egg white, gin, lemon juice, uh, lime juice, some heavy cream, and some egg whites, and one nice. blossom water.
0: Well, it is Sunday, so I <laughs> might have to order a gin fizz. Um, okay, so we've talked about your business. When you look out on the landscape of Columbus specifically, because we, we talk a lot about our local entrepreneurs here, is there any specific entrepreneurs that you admire?
2: Yeah, actually, um, Columbus specific. Um, I think everybody knows uh, he's become quite the local celebrity, but Joe DeLoss, I think, uh, is the epitome of everything that's good about what's going on in the Columbus culture, in the food world. Um, I think what he does with his restaurants and and his staffing um, is sets such a shining example for what others should be striving to do with the way that uh, he helps the community and the way that he hires his, his staff. Um, and they they also put out a killer product. It's obvious they're super successful and continue, uh, to do what they're doing. And it's a, it's a, I'm, I'm sure it's not a one man show anymore at this point, but it's a hustle and, and you can tell that Joe put his head down, got his hustle on and, and he's, he's getting all of the, you know. Accolades that he deserves at this point in time, for sure. And
0: you recommend that Joe comes on the show, because <laughs>
1: right? I'm just gonna throw this in 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 the mix: uh, hot curio takeover cocktails with we've done hot it. chicken Natural infused. Spices. We
2: actually we actually did a. It was called, I think we called it hot cocktail takeover. I right. Believe. It was at
0: the Short North. Yeah. Um, what was that? That um, I forget what the event was, but it was you. Um, Sean Ward from Giuseppe and Seth from blind lady tavern. Yes,
2: a mix. It's a mix shake event that we do at the North market each year. Uh, we, it kind of features all local or Ohio based distilleries. Um, so we kind of come on board and we did a little pop-up bar, uh, in the, in hot chicken takeover.
1: Okay. Let's, let's say you're off today, which is rare for an entrepreneur to have a day off, but let's say you have the day off and you want to go out for a drink.
2: Um, it depends on the day of the week, but, uh, I definitely would go hit my old stomping grounds at Giuseppe's cause I know my, my man, Sean, there's holding down the fort, um, doing really, really cool things behind the bar. Um, and there's a, a handful of new bars that have opened up recently that I haven't been able to venture out to yet. So I, I certainly want to check those out. Um, I, I know that there's a few opening soon too, as well. Um, If I'm ever up in Cleveland, uh, Porco Lounge is my favorite tiki bar probably on the planet. Porco Lounge? Porco Lounge. What part of the city is it in? Um, I believe that's Ohio City is where it's at.
0: Oh, yeah. I love Ohio City. Mm -hmm. Such a cool part of the city. Of the Cleveland, not of just the Ohio... Kareem, he's (laughs) laughing next to me. You can't hear him because he's too far (laughs) away from the microphone. Anyway, um, so, okay... Now that you uh, are into this and um, you're looking back and you're like, holy shit, I wish I would have known this before I started this crazy journey. What is that thing you tell that aspiring entrepreneur
1: or, or to every listener who thinks owning a bar is just like cheers. Right,
2: right. There are definitely some aspects of it that are (laughs) like cheers. Do you have a norm? We've had several over the course of five years. (laughs) Yes, Absolutely. We have their their
0: livers have given out one at a time.
2: (laughs) We've had some have cocktails named after them. We've had, you know, some have um, some shots named after them, even though we don't serve shots here. You know, a number of different, different customers that have definitely become uh, loyal regulars over time and strong supporters of, of what we do. And they, they, those people travel and they come back and they, they bring their stories from other cocktail bars. It's really cool to share that experience for sure.
0: Yeah, you know, I think one of the things that people don't see when they see a, a cocktail bar, they don't realize all the other stuff you do besides run a bar. So you also uh, almost run a catering service of cocktails. Right. When we walked in, you're making 70 cocktails that are going to go to New York, which
2: yes. is unbelievable. Getting back to the the question you asked earlier of of uh, like the pains uh, and the, you know some of the negatives, I wouldn't call it a negative, but one of the things that I've definitely um, that pain you know that I, I suffer over daily is Is uh, telling people no, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because we get proposition for numerous, numerous, numerous events, and and it's kind of... you know, it goes back to the fact that I now have a ten-month-old child at home. Mm-hmm. I can't do as many of those events anymore. So the 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 use of the word no is hard for me to say. So <laughs> yeah, that definitely is one that that I'm I'm learning as we as we go on. Well,
0: I think it's especially hard for you because I, I mean, people that don't know you may not know that you're like probably one of the nicest guys on the planet. I mean, you are an incredible friend, truly. Um, uh, one of these guys that will give everything you have to somebody else i remember when, speaking of a group of cocktails it was almost two years ago this month and my mother passed away and i told you that she likes long island iced teas is that something that, right. <laughs> that you know how to make i just need the ingredients and then you showed up to my house like 25 individual bottles that held two drinks each that's of right especially long island iced teas and uh my I think I drank five of those bottles, <laughs> um, but it was one of those moments where uh
2: you I, needed five of those bottles. I needed five of those bottles,
0: but you know you're such an uh an incredible father. I was just watching this video of you dancing with Oliver at some wedding to some cheesy horrible song, <laughs> a video
1: that you took. From the bushes. No,
0: this is not true. <laughs> I, Emily posted it on Father's Day. Um, but I, I, th- I think that it, it's it's remarkable when you find people that are truly quality people that are creating truly quality product and uh, in a really cool space. And that's why people stick around. That's why you have the retention. You do the customer uh, loyalty that you do. Loyalty was that word I was going for earlier that I missed. But anyway, I just really appreciate the work you do. If people want to find out more about Curio, where do they go?
2: Uh so our website, uh curiococktails.com. Uh you could also follow us on Instagram. That's kind of our, our main source of social media at this point. Um that would be Curio at Harvest. That's just all one word. That's on the uh on the Instagram. And uh outside of that you can find find myself here behind the bar most nights. Um sometimes I'm out of here a little earlier, but Friday nights I'm usually here until till the bitter end. So um yeah, if you if you have any questions or want to just say hi pop your head in, have a cocktail. I'll be behind the bar.
0: And what's the next five years look like?
2: Next five years. That's a good question. Um, I definitely don't think that I'm, I I definitely want to do something new. Um, this was the first venture out. And I think that there's definitely, you know, certainly a next one, uh, probably cocktail focused, but maybe full, full restaurant with a cocktail bar driven for the most part.
0: I think every entrepreneur gets to a point where they get, their thing takes off and takes wings and you, you stand back and you see everyone sort of moving in motion without you necessarily there. And you're like, Hmm, what's the next thing? Yeah,
2: definitely. And, and the intent of, of Curio in the beginning though was, was Curio. That's it. Like the whole goal was to open what I considered to be, um, the bar that I had in my mind and, and it being the best bar that it could be. I didn't really have intentions of opening multiple, but as time goes on, I can certainly see some doing something, um, a little different, but but in the same vein.
0: And pushing yourself out of a out of the business also gives somebody else the opportunity to rise up and to elevate right. and to stay in your business and to run a part of your business. You know, whoever that manager is that could really take over. Yes, I think is also a a beautiful gift you can give as a reward to somebody that stuck around with you for a long time. Yeah, I'm
2: very incredibly fortunate to have the staff that I have uh, currently and have had in the past. um, Even though the turnover has been very small, it's been a small group of us and it's a small little uh, pack of friends that uh, we pretty much, we, we, we see our, you know, significant others less than we see each, you know, each other. We see each other way more each day, day in and day out. So they're definitely family. Um, They treat, my place like it's their own and I want them to and it, it's it's a it's a beautiful thing um, having people that are behind what you're doing and also are willing to put in the the tireless hours to do so
0: awesome Thank you Travis and also um, next time you have your headphones in and you're taking a bandsaw to your ice hopefully it's entrepreneurs podcast you're listening to
2: I also want to thank Dan, Dan I should mention that like you gave me a book a while back too which which was well before curio was opening. Uh, which was also just, you know, it seems like such a small gesture, but also an instrumental thing into pushing to open a open my own business. So really cool. So yeah, appreciate it, man.
0: Was that the uh old cocktail book? Mm-hmm. I actually just packed it away because I'm moving and uh I thought about it. Right on. Just put it in a little box and said, I'm gonna bring this back out at right some on. point. Thank you.
2: Yeah, yeah. Thank uh,
0: you. Have a great Sunday. Good luck with those cocktails and um everybody come to Curio, check it out. And uh, also Harvest has awesome pizza next door and salads. So check that out as well. Kareem.
1: Happy Sunday, everybody. And uh, (laughs) thanks for listening to Entrepreneurs Podcast. Um, Travis, before we we let you go, I know we're hanging on here, but uh, tell me a little bit about the artwork. Because, guys, if you're listening, if you're in the area, stop by because
2: I am loving this. Um, so the artwork that is currently on the wall in the front, most of it is, is, um, April Deacon's work. Um, she takes, um, old photographs and kind of lays some textures, texturized painting over them. Um, but they, at first it just looks like kind of, uh, trendy artwork but there's actually a story behind each one um if you talk to her or meet her she'll she'll be able to convey a little bit better what those stories are for the first i think year that these were hanging on the wall i didn't really know the stories behind them we had the one that's hanging over my shoulder right now um is of a young lady um from i i would imagine the 50s maybe Mm -hmm. um we actually had a pair of her shoes upstairs too on display that april had uh part of, as part of the display but i didn't i didn't i never had put two to two two and two together that there was like actual history involved in it other than the photograph but there's actually some there's story behind each one that's awesome um, and then some of the stuff i've collected from uh just traveling uh down to louisville um in and out of um antique stores and whatnot
1: right on well hey shout out to april deacon looks like uh, one of our other Columbus Treasures and thanks for uh, thanks for sitting down with us absolutely. today. absolutely
2: thank you guys appreciate it
0: such a great interview everybody I love Travis and wish you could have heard the stories he told us after this interview in fact next time you see him at the bar ask him about that man he found in the bathroom at Barrister Hall with an RC car priceless if you like content like this maybe you want to start a podcast check out Blueberry.com That's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-R-R-Y, Blueberry, with no E's, Blueberry.com. And use Entrepreneurs as your promo code and get a whole month free, statistics or hosting, whatever you need. Blueberry.com for all your podcast needs. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Entrepreneurs.